Well, having completed our uh, study in Mark last week, you know, we've, we've seen one portrait of Jesus. You know, it's kind of cool how God inspired uh, the, the Bible for us to have uh, four portraits, the same, same Jesus, four, four portraits. And, um, you know, we're starting a new season this morning, or a new series this morning. We're going to be looking at the, uh, the book of Acts over the next several months. And uh, we're going to see the continuation of Jesus' ministry uh, through the church by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, this is the, this is the account of a, of a group of, in fact, a, a fairly small group of Jesus followers who become a, a, a force, you know, uh, filled with the Spirit to, to change the world. And, uh, you know, in Acts 17, the Christians were accused of turning the world upside down. You know, that's the kind of impact they had. Uh, A.B. Simpson, whose, whose vision uh, resulted in the formation of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, said that it was said of the apostles, these that turned the world upside down are come hither. Acts seventeen six, And there's a story told of an eccentric e- English evangelist who took that text for one of his uh, open-air sermons in a new place, and he began by saying, first, the world is wrong side up. Second, the world must be turned upside down. Third, we are the men to set it right. And uh, in, in the man's quaint phrases, this is really the purpose of the gospel. It's uh, God's way of, of making things right. So, you know, what I'd like to do today is, uh, in the first... 11 verses of the book of Acts, see how Jesus' ministry was, was in phases. I, I want us to focus on Jesus today. Uh, each, each one of these phases uh, involved his, his disciples, and we'll look at that too. But before we, before we get started, let's briefly look at the background for this book you know the uh, the book of acts is one of the most important books in the uh, in the bible and uh, you know it's it's a valuable book because it gives us a, a narrative of the jesus movement initially called the way the way and it stands as a pivot between the the gospel accounts and the the, uh, the rest of the bible the uh, the gospel narratives and the epistles you know, it contains a record not only of the the origin of the uh, of the Jesus movement, the Christian movement, but it follows the church as it begins to grow. So we're going to look at uh, you know the early church. It shows us how the uh, how the early believers uh, lived out their Christianity. Um, a guy named Ajith Fernando, he was the uh, teaching directors of Youth for Life in Sri Lanka, wrote a commentary on the book of Acts. And he said, this book describes its message and ministry in its life, talking about the church, including the triumphs and its trials, the passions that drove it, and the source of the power that energized it. And any Christian wanting to know how to be a disciple of Christ in this world should turn to the book of Acts to know how the first Christians lived. Okay, we can, we can learn some uh, very valuable lessons by, by studying this. Well, who wrote the book of Acts? It, tradition, church tradition has the author as, as being Luke. The, the book 
really doesn't say who the author is. But uh, from, from early on in the church, uh, the author was pinned down as Luke. Uh, the, the style of writing is uh, very similar, essentially the same as the, uh, the style of writing in the, the third gospel, which is also attributed to Luke. Uh, Luke, was, Luke was a physician, and uh, for, for part of the book, we see that he was a, a companion of, of Paul. And uh, as as with the uh, the third gospel account, you know, we see that Luke is is very meticulous as a researcher and historian to uh, give us this this account uh, of his personal experience to uh, document the history of the uh, the early church, the first century church. Well, who is he writing it to? Uh, Luke addresses. This book, as well as the the Gospel according to Luke, uh, to, Luke to uh, somebody named Theophilus. Uh, there have been a lot of theories about who this Theophilus is. Uh, some believe that he was a, a well-known political leader in the Roman government. Some have suggested that he was a high-ranking religious leader, or that uh, Luke was writing to the uh, Sadducees as as a group. The thing is, we don't know. We don't know, but by using this uh, address, most excellent Theophilus, uh, it does appear he probably was writing to, to some individual. What's cool about this, though, is what that name means. It's a, it's a Greek name, and it means lover of God or, or friend of God. And uh, I like that. I like that because, yeah, I think... Uh, this name points out to us as, as individual believers, if we love God, this book is addressed to us. I like that. And just like the rest of the Bible, you know, there, there was an original audience, but the, uh, the message and the application of this book of Acts is for me. It's, it's for you. You know, it's, it's for all of us to learn from and, and benefit uh, the purpose, you know, Luke introduces uh, his, his gospel account, the book of Luke, saying in verse 3, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may be certain concerning the things that you've been taught. You know, his, his intention in the gospel account was to give a, a an accurate step by step an orderly account of the life of Jesus and the book of uh, acts is kind of part 2 it's it's what paul harvey would would have called the rest of the story you know it forms a a bridge between the gospels and the 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 epistles it gives us the uh, the context of the epistles for instance when we read uh, paul's letter to the philippians we can go back to the book of acts and see Actually, some of the some of the people who Paul met, and how uh, that that church in Philippi was was founded and, and formed. You know, it gives us a lot of depth, a lot of um, texture as 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 we read those those uh, epistles. We know we know these people from this account who he's writing to. 
And, uh, you know, this book gives us a history of the early church uh, from its beginnings as a, a Jewish movement. Remember the, uh, well, Jesus was was Jewish. The uh, originally disciples were were all Jewish. And it, you know, shows how God's plan of redemption spread to uh, to the Gentiles as well. We, we see all that happening in this book. You know, God fulfilling his promises made in the Old Testament. Remember the covenant that God made with Abraham that uh, his through his descendants, you know, the, the world, the nations would would be blessed. And we, we see that. We see the gospel going out to uh, Jews and non-Jews alike, bringing people of all nations into the, the fold. You know, we see how the uh, early Christians lived. We see how they worshipped. We see how they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission that Jesus gave the church. And uh, Luke is giving us himself as a witness to Jesus' continuing work in the church. You know, the traditional title of this book is uh, The Acts of the Apostles. You know, that's not part of the original text. You know, some have suggested that this might ought to be called uh, the Acts of the Holy Spirit or the Acts of the Church. I think those are these are all good names. One commentator calls it the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Uh, maybe it should be called the Continuing Ministry of Jesus through His Body Empowered by the Spirit. That, that's the one I vote for. Because that's what it's about. Anyway, uh, you know what, what I, this is what I'd like to, for us to get from this uh, this teaching this morning as we as we start in the book of Acts. You know, Jesus's ministry began while he was on earth, and we we see that um, there there are phases of, of his ministry. You know, one is the first phase, which is Jesus's walking on the earth. You know, coming as the Son of God, but also the Son of Man. You know the suffering servant, the 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 rabbi, the the teacher, the one who was training these disciples. He was a disciple maker. Uh, second, uh, Jesus, the uh, the resurrected Christ, and then finally Jesus, the ascended Christ. And we see how Jesus's ministry spans these these phases. Anyway, let's go to the let's go to the scripture. Read with me, uh, starting with uh, the first verse of chapter one, and we'll, we're just going to begin with the first five verses. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized through the Holy, with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And... Um, you know, I'd like to suggest that this book is about Jesus. This book is about Jesus from the first 
verse to the last, Jesus is mentioned, and all throughout. I was I was doing a word search on Jesus and Christ through this book, and in all but I think two chapters, uh, Jesus is mentioned uh, many many times. The Holy Spirit is mentioned too. Uh, we get we get kind of a hint in this first verse, though. You know, the the author of the book is writing about Jesus. He 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 begins saying, in the first book, I wrote about what Jesus began to teach and to do. The implication is Jesus continues to teach and to do through the Holy Spirit. Well, first of all, like I said, Jesus uh, began as the uh, on earth as as the teacher and and suffering servant. You know, it's about his ministry. Luke begins with Jesus. What's the implication? You know, the uh, the gospel according to Luke was was this detailed, orderly account of the life of Jesus. His reporting is is very thorough, very meticulous. Uh, but but he's saying that was just the beginning. That was just the beginning. It does not mark the totality of of Jesus's ministry. You know, Jesus did much more. He he has done much more. He continues to do much more. Yeah, you know, when we when we get to the end of Acts, we we kind of say, well, okay, what what happened then? And we know we know that Jesus's ministry continued on and it's with us today. He's still working. At the end of the book, the story is still incomplete, you know. Well, before Jesus died, he spent three years in his, in his ministry. What did he do during that time? You know, what, what did he accomplish during those three years? You know, he, we know that he willingly laid down his life, died on the cross for our sins. He, he was raised from the dead. He ascended to heaven. We know that he, he willingly laid down his uh, divine prerogative. You know, he, he subjected himself to many of the limitations that limit us as humans. For instance, uh, you know, he couldn't be all everywhere all at once. You know, that, that attribute of God, which, which is omnipresence. He, he was pretty much limited to the area around uh, Judea and Samaria and, and Galilee. I was looking on a map at how how big an area he 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 actually covered, which was actually kind of large. I um, kind of overlaid a couple maps, and you know the 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 total distance north to south would be about from uh, Kettle Falls down to uh, Pol- Pullman. A lot of walking during during that time, but still, you know that's a that's a very tiny spot. That, that area around around Israel. Um, Philippians 2 talk about how, Paul talks about uh, how Jesus emptied himself. He, he, he came as a, a human. He came as a servant, willingly. He, he humbled himself and uh, submitted, obeyed to, to the point of death, even death on a cross. Philippians 2, 7 through 8. 
you know, the number of, of people who Jesus encountered during this three years probably for us would, would be staggering, but still a very small portion of the, the total population. The world population in the first century is, is thought to be somewhere between 150 and 330 million. So Jesus, while he walked on the earth, had direct encounters with uh, really relatively very, very few of these. Luke speaks in his first book, uh, you know, covering the things that uh, Jesus taught, the things that Jesus did. He, he, uh, he healed people. He cast out demons. He, he lived a sinless life. You know, he, he modeled for us an, an example of, of a godly life. The gospel accounts are, are full of his teaching. You know, he taught us about the things that matter and the things that don't. How to how to live properly, how to think properly. You know, but you know, a couple of the major things we can do is say he came to die. Matthew twenty twenty eight, the Son of Man, Jesus speaking himself says, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And uh, you know, we can't emphasize his his death enough. Uh, as Paul said in, in the uh, letter to the Corinthians, the first Corinthians two two, he said, I decided not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, that's a that's a very um, seminal part of, of the life of Jesus, his crucifixion. But you know, another major thing that Jesus did while he was on earth for those three years during his ministry was he was a disciple maker. He he chose 12 who he called apostles. He spent time with them, a lot of time with them, teaching them. He had uh, you know, a, a larger group of disciples who he also taught. Um, but the book of Acts is a, a picture of, of those people who, who Jesus formed. As disciples, the book of Acts shows the the fruit of that that disciple making activity that that Jesus engaged himself in. You know, he took the this this group of men, this group that was very different from each other, very different in in background, in temperament. You know, there was there was a, a, a tax collector who would have been seen as as a, a traitor to the uh, to the Jews and there was a zealot who would have naturally hated this tax collector and they were part of the same group the the disciples you know showing Jesus showing us that different people with different opinions and different attitudes and backgrounds can come together in unity as his church as his body working together helping each other, ministering to each other. These, these apostles would, Paul says, form the, uh, the foundation of the church. The apostles gave us the, uh, you know, either direct writing or by their authority gave us the, the New Testament scriptures. They would uh, provide the, the leadership for this, uh, this Christian movement, this, this Jesus movement, the way. And Jesus' ministry, and I want to keep pounding the pulpit here, did not end with his death. It was 
not complete when he rose either. You know, the next phase of his ministry, though, was the, the resurrected Christ. How much time did Jesus spend with his disciples after he rose before he ascended? Does anybody remember that? Forty days. Forty days. That, that sounds like a long time, but I'm sure he did a lot in those 40 days. You know, he, he prepared them. You know, he'd been telling them all along that he would go back to the Father, even before this, but he prepared them for that ascension. It says in verse 2, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. You know, when Jesus died, it was really seen by the disciples as a, a great disappointment. You know, it says they scattered. They scattered in shame. They thought, that's it. That's it. He was, he was a failure. Even though he had told them he was going to be raised from the dead, they didn't pay attention to that, I guess. You know, the disciples' hopes were, were dashed. And, and thankfully, I love this, he, he presented himself to the apostles he had chosen. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we know how important that was to the apostles. You know, Jesus could have rose from the dead and then just ascended straight to heaven. But he didn't. He knew they needed that time with him. They, they needed that time to see, yes, he is here. We can... You know, John, John later on, when he writes his uh, first epistle, he talks about, you know, we, we're witnesses of, of him. We saw him. We touched him. We heard him. They needed to see him alive, uh, to, to be with him. You know, they, they had a hard time believing the reports of the women who you know, reported, well, the, the, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. We, we've, Jesus is alive. And if we, if we go back to Luke's gospel in chapter 24, and I mentioned this last time, the, uh, the account of the, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, read this account. We're not going to go all the way through the account, but uh, you know, before the two disciples realized who this was, you know, they, they said to him these words, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. That, that's what we had hoped. We're, but, we're, you know, he's, he's gone. And in both this account and later when Jesus appears to the 11, you know, it says that Jesus opened up the scriptures he opens their spiritual eyes to understand what's in the scriptures, to understand that what was written in the Old Testament was written about him. Him, Jesus, revealed in the Old Testament. I, I love what the two said in uh, Luke twenty four thirty two, when they were talking about uh, Jesus opening the scriptures. They said, did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us on the road, when he opened up to us the scriptures. You know, the, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 
inspired those scriptures, uh, that the same Holy Spirit speaks to us today through, through God's word. Uh, you know, that our hearts would burn like that when we, when we get into the scriptures and read the word of God, when the spirit of God reveals to us what that means, what we're reading, should not our hearts burn like it did for those two? When he appears to the 11, he says in Luke 24, 44 to 49, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You're witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. You know, this, this promise. And if we go back and read the gospel accounts, especially John, we, we read that the promise is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Well, the third... Well, yeah, think about it. I, I'm sure the disciples would have been very happy if Jesus had just stayed past 40 days, you know, maybe just stayed there forever. That would have been just great for them, I'm sure. But Jesus had other plans, and he had, you know, another phase to go into, which was, uh, you know, Jesus as the ascended Christ. And this is really where things pick up and start happening. You know, Jesus had... Uh, spoken during the disciples' three years uh, training program about how he would send another helper, the Holy Spirit. The Greek word that's translated in the ESV helper is uh, variously translated uh, helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor. The Greek word is uh, parakletos. It's, it's not a word that directly translates into one English word. It means all these things. It means someone who, who comes beside. You know, think of a, like an advocate if you're going to court. Somebody who would, who would stand by your side and, and advocate for you. In John 16, 7 through 11, Jesus had told them, I tell you the truth, it's for your advantage, to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is, is judged. You know, Jesus' ministry is not finished. It continues. He continues in verses 13 and 14. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. He will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. 
John 14, 12, as Jesus is preparing the, the disciples for his return, he says, uh, truly, I say, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than, all thing, than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. You know, the, uh, the limitations that, that Jesus willingly took on are going to be lifted. They were lifted when he, when he ascended. You know, he's in heaven, it says in the word, many places that he's in heaven at the right hand of, of the Father. In glory, you know, this the ascended Christ is is the glorified Christ, and part of that is Him sending the Holy Spirit to us. the uh, the The reason He says that we can do greater things is, well, you know, for a couple of examples, what we were talking about, some of the limitations that Jesus had. Jesus's body spans the entire earth now. His body can go anywhere on earth. You know, as and and you know, if 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 you think about the technology we have with, with radio and and internet, you know, the, the gospel the gospel's reach is, is limitless. Greater things. Greater things. So, you know, Jesus' work is through his body. His ministry continues through the the church, fulfilling the great commission, which Jesus gives in verses 6 through 8. This is one of the great commission passages. It says, so when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took them out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? <laughs> this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's kind of funny, huh? What, what are you looking at, guys? <laughs> They just seen him raised up. Jesus' ministry on earth continues through the Holy Spirit in us, in his followers. Uh, we, we've been given a job to do. You know, the apostles were asking the wrong question. They're saying, Jesus, what is the timeline for this? When are you going to establish your kingship on earth? He said, you're asking the wrong question, guys. You, you've got a job to do. I've got this commission I've got this gospel for you to spread throughout the world. Don't worry about the timing. That's something we need to take to heart. It's not for us to know. It's not for us to know the times and the seasons. We're going to waste our time if that's all we think about and talk about and study about. Our job is to proclaim the gospel. Our job is to lead people to to Jesus. 
But they're antsy, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, the, the question that parents always hear over and over on road trips, right? Are we there yet? You know, sometimes, uh, well, Chris's parents live in Florida and it, my parents lived on the, the western part of the country. And so I remember sometimes we would drive from Florida to Arizona or you know, all the way across the country. And while we're still in Florida, they're asking, are we there yet? Are we going to get there tonight? No. Enjoy the trip. You know, your your job right now is just to sit there and don't bother me while I drive. You know, but Jesus Jesus had something much more productive for for us to do than than I had for them to do. Anyway, what I love about this is he says you're going to be my witnesses, starting right where you are and then expanding out, and you're not going to be on your own. You're going to be empowered. You're going to, you're going to have this, this helper. You're going to have this advocate. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, he says. I'll never leave you. I'll always be there with you. And that's through the Holy Spirit. This is the advantage that he's talking about. The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, his very presence with us. In the seventh chapter of John, verses 37 through 39, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and those who have believed in him, looking ahead, looking ahead to when he would ascend. It says, On the day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come and drink. Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John adds his commentary here. He says, now by this, he, he was talking about the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, for Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus' ascension, being glorified, sitting at the right hand of the Father, sending down the Spirit. That's what this is talking about. So this book, I'm, I'm excited that we're getting into this, this book of Acts. I've been wanting to preach through this for, for a couple of years now. It's, it's a witness to Jesus. It's a witness to his ministry and, and what he continued and how he is now even continuing. It's a, a, a you know, chronicle of his continuing ministry through his spirit in his body, the church. This, this movement which turned the world upside down. I will not leave you as orphans, he said. You know, by, by the Spirit, you'll receive power and you'll be my witnesses. You know, when we, when we share our faith with others about what Jesus did on the cross, his, his resurrection... You know, we're also as witnesses when we talk about what he's doing in our lives right now, right? You know, we can, we can and we do talk about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins and being raised from the dead. But we also cherish the moments that he spends with us now and the things that he does, the things that he teaches, the things that he does, the deliverance that he, he provides, Anyways, we uh, come to a close here. You know, it's, it's all about Jesus. 
It's all about Jesus. The, the book of Acts is, is his story. Um, we're we're going to be, as we go through this, we're going to be seeing how his spirit, the Holy Spirit through the people of God, the church, the body of Christ, uh, we'll, we'll see how they are in action as they begin to fulfill Jesus's ministry. You know, what, what Jesus began to do and still does, the things that he taught and the things that he still does through his spirit, they continue to this day. It's exciting stuff. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for your amazing love that, that you came and and lived among us on earth, Lord, and, and you died and you were raised from the dead and, and you ascended and even now you you indwell us through your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for coming to, to bring salvation. And, uh, you know, as, as the recipients of your grace, Lord, I, I, I just pray that you would uh, help us to, to be your witnesses, Lord, to, to testify the things that you have and still do. And, Lord, um, as we yield to your spirit, we, we ask you to, to fill us fresh. Fill us with your spirit, Lord. Let us let us know your word and, and do your word. Lord, transform us. Lord, change us. Mold us into your image. Lord, we want to be like you. Lord, empower us. And we pray all this in, in your mighty name, O oh Lord. Amen.